Welcome to episode 112 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about August 2020. Before I get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as Kamala Harris, state secession, George Floyd, Michael Flynn, or vote by mail comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean.com, BitChute.com, Brighteon.com, and ThinkSpot. If you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a moment and scroll down the podcast page and give it a five-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through Facebook advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. So the month that was, August 2020, included many stories, including vote by mail. It's the latest outrage from the Democrats. As the reality of the election became more and more clear, that being Biden may as well be a rock with a D after his name, the Democrats are looking for ways to steal the election. Their number one agenda item is vote by mail. It's their wet dream. Listen to episode 104, The Truth About Vote by Mail, for more details. Going along with this vote by mail was the faux outrage over the post office all month long. We heard the Democrats bashing Trump for taking mailboxes out of low-use areas. It was quite amusing. Then we had Hillary Clinton come out and advise Biden never to concede the election. Why, you ask? Well, so Democratic operatives in swing states can manufacture Biden votes with the millions of ballots sent out to all registered voters just like they did in California in the last election cycle, where several Republican seats were turned to Democrat. Then, taking it to another level, we have Nancy Pelosi advising Biden not to debate Trump. Not because Trump will eat him up and spit him out, but because Trump is not worthy of having a conversation with. Remember, orange man bad. They literally cannot win the debate on its merits, so they will steal the election and refuse to have debates. Actor and former WWF wrestler Dwayne The Rock Johnson announced that he is buying the XFL, the multiple times failed football league formerly run by the WWE. I always heard The Rock was a smart businessman. I'm beginning to wonder about that. On second thought, with the way professional leagues are handling the social justice dysphoria, it's only a matter of time before the attendance and viewership of these leagues drops to a level where your average sports fan might like to find an alternative. Body cam footage was leaked, and the toxicology report for George Floyd was published. If you are interested in the dialogue between the officers and Floyd, listen to episode 107, The Truth About the Death of George Floyd. As far as the toxicology report goes, it essentially states that if Floyd had been found dead in his home, it would have been a no-brainer case of drug overdose. I think the drug he OD'd on was uh, called fentanyl. One of the side effects is it hampers your ability to breathe. Floyd's autopsy revealed that his lungs weighed twice as much as normal. A bomb went off in a Beirut port. The video of it is just unbelievable. It leveled several city blocks. The mushroom cloud looked like a nuclear bomb. It left 300,000 homeless. The New York State Attorney General filed a lawsuit seeking to dissolve the National Rifle Association, accusing the gun rights group and four senior officials of engaging in a massive fraud against donors. 
the COVID killer, the grim reaper of nursing home residents, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, who has been fawned over by the media throughout the COVID shutdown, despite the fact that he did nothing to stop the infection from spreading, including refusing to shut down the subway system, an infectious disease wet dream. I mean, think about it. It's a tube with thousands of people standing next to each other. Oh, and he ordered nursing home residents who tested positive for COVID back to their homes to infect and kill all of their neighbors. That Andrew Cuomo came out and announced schools can reopen in his state. I can't imagine what political pressure he must have been under by fellow Democrats to come out and actually do this. He shut down the New York economy for months trying to inflict maximum pain on his citizens in the hopes of blaming Trump. Why bother, Andrew? Biden's going to win New York no matter what. President Trump announced sweeping executive actions aimed at coronavirus relief. This after congressional stimulus talks broke down. The new orders will eliminate the payroll tax, extend unemployment benefits by $400 per week, which is down from $600, defer student loan repayments through the end of the year, and extend protections against evictions. The Democrats turned into constitutional scholars and screamed about Trump's abuse of power. These same people, of course, remained silent when Obama did the same thing. Oh, and of course, the Republicans have remained silent and even cheered Trump's actions. I published a meme that read as follows. It's titled, Trump's Unconstitutional Executive Orders. I wrote, where in the Constitution is the president empowered to grant student loan deferments? Come to think of it, I can't find student loan issuance, or student loan guarantees, or student loan subsidies in there either. Where in the Constitution is the president empowered to grant eviction protection? Come to think of it, I can't find federally subsidized mortgages or federally insured mortgages in there either. Where in the Constitution is the president empowered to grant an extension to unemployment benefits? Come to think of it, I can't find a federal mandate to provide unemployment benefits in there either. Where in the Constitution is the president empowered to grant a payroll tax holiday? Come to think of it, I can't find a federal retirement pension or a federal health care provision in there either. See, it doesn't really matter, folks. We live in a post-constitutional America, regardless of who's in the White House. In what only can be described as peak idiocy, a Wisconsin government agency mandated face mask use for virtual Zoom meetings. Yes, you heard that right. They want them to wear masks during virtual meetings. The reason given, quote, by wearing a mask while video conferencing with the general public, we visually remind folks that masking is an important part of navigating the business of natural resources during this tumultuous time, end quote. California decided to kill the gig economy right in the middle of a COVID-induced economic meltdown by requiring Uber drivers to be classified as employees rather than as contractors. What else other than mental illness can explain the thought process of leftists when it comes to things like killing the gig economy or wearing masks during a video conference or the idiocy of minimum wage laws? I mean, would you rather have a low-paying job or no job? Or would you rather have a job as a contractor with Uber or no job? In a delicious and ironic story that had to have made the woke and virtue signaling warriors head spin, the Department of Justice found that Yale violated federal civil rights law by discriminating against white and Asian American applicants. Can you believe that? The DOJ's two-year investigation concluded that Yale, quote, rejects scores of Asian Americans and white applicants each year based on their race, whom it otherwise would admit, end quote. You just can't make this stuff up. 
The Trump administration brokered a peace deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. One of the most spot-on commentaries about this was the observation that Barack Obama was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize less than eight months after taking office, having accomplished nothing peaceworthy in the ensuing months. President Trump just brokered a significant peace treaty. When will the nomination start cascading down? Sleepy Joe selected Horizontal Harris as VP running mate, which is just a sarcastic way of saying Kamala Harris got the nod for VP nominee. If you're interested in learning more about Kamala, check out episode 111. In the age of Me Too and BLM, the most woke political party in the land of the free has chosen a guy with multiple sex misconduct allegations as its presidential nominee. A guy who apparently cannot complete a sentence. A guy who authored a crime reform bill that has resulted in hundreds of thousands of non-violent offenders going to prison. And a woman who literally slept her way to the top of the California political ladder. Who locked up countless people of color, many for victimless crimes, as its VP nominee. I read on one Twitter account, in order to appeal to disaffected black voters who might lean towards protest voting Kanye, or not voting like they did in 2016, Democrats ingeniously picked the one black candidate whose parents are not from America, whose ancestors had slaves, and who spent her career locking up black men. Then Joe endorsed a national mask mandate. Good luck with that, buddy. Where is that in the Constitution? Remember when you were a kid and someone would say, your epidermis is showing? Well, it would appear that Joe's authoritarian tendencies are showing now. Then Joe disappeared for a few weeks, only to make occasional appearances on obscure podcasts. Then he gave a speech in Pittsburgh where he blamed Trump for all the left-wing violence around the country. He called the violence unnecessary. See, what happened was the left was happy fomenting hate and instigating violence. Joe went along with it by remaining silent and refusing to condemn the violence. Kamala, not so much. She appeared on a news outlet and explained that the rioting will never end until the grievances are addressed. But then some internal polling started rolling in, demonstrating that it turns out American people aren't down with the struggle that includes burning, looting, and rioting. What now, DNC? Scramble, scramble. Hmm, I know. Let's blame Trump for all our voters rioting. That's a great idea, since the media will run with whatever we say. No need for nuance or explanation. Just just throw it out there. And that's exactly what they did. Biden blamed Trump for his voters' actions, and every major Democratic politician in D.C., every liberal talking head and columnist began parroting the talking point right down to Democratic mayors like the one in Portland. You just can't make this stuff up, guys. I know I keep saying that, but it's truly amazing. you got to hand it to the Dems, man. They are masters of propaganda and getting their message out. File this one under, still think the response to COVID-19 is not political? Check out a 2003 episode of a show called The Dead Zone. The writers of the episode said they based the story off of then-CDC research. Now remember, this is 2003. Mentioned in the clip, the virus comes from China. The virus is called a coronavirus. They advocate wearing masks. And the cure is a drug called chloroquine. Sound familiar? Don't take my word for it. Do an internet search on the Dead Zone 2003 virus episode and watch the summary clip. A former FBI lawyer agreed to plead guilty to making false statement in the first criminal case arising from U.S. Attorney John Durham's investigation into the probe of ties between Russia 
and the 2016 Trump campaign. Honestly, folks, a lot of Republicans and conservatives are hopeful that Durham will bring the hammer down on all the crooks in the FBI and DOJ over the faux Russia collusion Mueller investigation. But if I had to guess, that's about all we'll hear from Durham. The establishment will win again. During the month, both political parties held their national conventions. The Democrats featured the likes of John, I am a Republican, damn it, but I constantly endorse Democrats, Kasich, Bernie, we are all socialist Sanders. Michelle, I hate politics, which is why I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes bashing Trump Obama. Andrew, the nursing home slayer Cuomo. Pete, what am I doing here, Buttigieg? Corey, look, I have a girlfriend, Booker. Bill, Epstein, Clinton. Kamala, pragmatic moderate Harris. John, the despicable Kerry. Colin, indignant Powell. The scandal-free Barack Obama. And, of course, Joe. And don't forget the numerous woke celebrities who showed up to the virtual convention, you know, to appeal to middle America. The convention was as expected, full of hate for Trump and his voters, hate of America, hate of the Constitution, continued claims of systemic racism, BLM, bash the cops, equating empathy with great leadership, continued endorsements of murdering babies in the womb, the continuation of cancel culture, if you don't agree with us, sit down and shut up. What they did not say was most telling, however. No one mentioned the rioting, looting, and arson in Democratic-run cities around the country. And not a single speaker mentioned Trump's impeachment or the failed Russia collusion Mueller investigation. I wonder why. On the other hand, the RNC convention featured a diverse group of non-famous people talking about their experience coming to America and becoming a citizen. They spoke of the pride that they have. We heard from a self-made millionaire Cuban-American. We heard from a couple who was arrested for protecting their home from an angry Antifa mob in St. Louis. We of course heard from all the usual suspects, big wigs in the party. But the overall message could not have been in more stark contrast to that of the Democrats. The GOP talked about optimism. They celebrated cops and the flag. They celebrated American exceptionalism. They talked about God. They prayed. They called rioters, looters, and arsonists. Rioters, looters, and arsonists. They called abortion what it is, the taking of an innocent life. They talked about the Constitution, which is a little ironic because they ignore it just as much as their counterparts do. Senator Rand Paul and his wife were attacked by rioters leaving Trump's acceptance speech in the streets of D.C. Can you imagine if a right-wing mob attacked Senator Schumer? I mean, it would be wall-to-wall -wall coverage. Cries of hate and fascism. Instead, we get not a damn thing from the corporate press and the Democrats. I know, I know, I repeat myself. Former Trump advisor Steve Bannon was arrested and indicted by a Manhattan U.S. attorney for defrauding people in an online fundraising scheme. It's tied to the We Build the Wall online fundraising scheme, which invited... Americans to donate to a campaign to build a wall with private funds. He pled not guilty. In the latest news from the failed state of California, they're experiencing rolling blackouts because they anchored their electric grid to renewable energy sources that, as we've been trying to explain to these loon bags for decades, are not reliable. You know, like the Green New Deal or Biden's pledge to rid the U.S. of fossil fuels and fracking. California Governor Gavin Newsom urged residents to put their thermostat on 78 degrees. 
Obama must be proud. Remember when they told the American people to do the same thing? First, the state of California could not deliver water to its citizens. Now it's electricity. It's like Venezuela. In further evidence that liberalism is a mental disorder, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who has endorsed the defund the police narrative and allowed rioters to loot and burn areas of her city, protected her own home and her neighborhood with, you guessed it, police. I'm telling you folks, these last two stories demonstrate what you get when you allow leftists to run your state and or your city. It always ends in an unmitigated disaster. A white cop shot a black guy in the back after he was tased twice and then reached for it in his car for a knife. This happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. After a few days of riots, the arrest record of those arrested during the riots came, became public. Turns out more than half are from other towns, likely paid agitators that roam from one town to another, burning, looting, and raising hell. A week after that shooting, woke NBA players refused to play their scheduled playoff games in protests of the shooting. Most of the games were Game 5 of the playoffs. Ratings are already way down for the NBA season restart due to their embrace of the Marxist BLM organization and the wearing of causes on their jerseys, but they're not allowed to mention China, human rights, or Hong Kong. I'm wondering if they can drive their ratings down as low as the WNBA. People are fleeing insane asylums, formerly known as New Jersey, New York, Illinois, Washington, and California, in record numbers. Turns out when the government fails to protect its citizens from rioters, looters, and arsonists, and decline federal assistance to bring in the National Guard, your only alternative is to move. In an 8-2 ruling, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals struck down Michael Flynn's petition to force Judge Emmett Sullivan to accept the Justice Department's motion to drop charges without holding a hearing. The DOJ filed a motion to drop the case against Flynn in May after it was revealed that the FBI engaged in a perjury trap against the former Trump National Security Advisor. Here we go again with the dual justice system. How the hell do you prosecute someone with no prosecution unless you're trying to run out the clock in the hopes that Biden wins the election and he appoints a new AG who will go after Flynn? This is banana republic stuff, guys. Meanwhile, we have legitimate Democrat criminals like Hillary Clinton and all the hacks at the FBI and DOJ that tried to frame Trump walk in the streets. If you're interested in some background on the Michael Flynn case, check out episode 106. Rioters in D.C. held a mock head-cutting of Trump with a guillotine. It's real cute. Reminds me of the movie portraying the assassination of George Bush or the play a couple years ago depicting the stabbing of Trump. I also remember a rodeo clown back in, I think, 2003, where he wore an Obama mask. Guess what happened to him? He got fired. Anything happened to all these left-wing whack jobs pretending to assassinate Republican presidents? The left is so tolerant, they're so diverse, and they're so inclusive. And probably the biggest story that no one heard on any left-wing media outlet, the National Center for Health Statistics, the NCHS, which is part of the CDC, reported that, quote, for 6% of the deaths, COVID-19 was the only cause mentioned. On average, there were 2.6 additional conditions or causes of death. Basically, what that says is we've got, what, 180,000 COVID deaths in the United States? And what this is saying is that 94% of those people had, on average, 2.6 other conditions or causes of death. 
So this proves all the anecdotal stories that we've been hearing all these months about people dying who either had other ailments, had traumatic accidents or heart attacks, and seeing COVID-19 listed on their death certificates. They have been overcounting the deaths by COVID on purpose. I always like to end these month in review episodes with a look back at the markets. Both the S&P 500 and the Dow were up less than 1% for the month. Unfortunately for the S&P, they have five or six stocks that account for something like 35% of the gains of the index, with the 495 or 494 others sitting flat or down for the year. Companies like Microsoft and Facebook and Amazon and Netflix are all roaring ahead while the rest of the index stays stable or down. When it comes to the Dow, I'm not sure why anyone gives a shit about it anymore, but they kicked out ExxonMobil and Pfizer from the index and promoted Honeywell and Salesforce. Gold ended the month at $1,995, which is pretty much flat. It was up about a half percent. Silver, on the other hand, continued its run. It ended the month almost at $29 an ounce, up 17% in the month of August. Remember, in July, it was up something like 35%. It's up 60% for the year. Speaking of gold, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaways bought shares in the gold mining company Barrick Gold, while at the same time lightening its load on bank shares. Now, anyone following the markets in the even most casual way knows that this is a significant move. He's buying gold because he knows the U.S. dollar is going to be replaced as the world's reserve currency. He knows that the M1 money supply has increased by over 40% since February of this year, and inflation is on the way. With that and the COVID-induced recession and job losses comes mortgage foreclosures and auto loan defaults. An absolute nightmare for the banks. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.